Welcome to the Panic Attack Recovery Podcast, an ongoing source of practical strategies and tips for anxiety and ADHD. We're a collaboration of former sufferers helping those currently struggling with anxiety, panic attacks, and ADHD so they can express their true competencies in life. Now, here is Matthew, your host. Hi, it's Matthew from PanicAttackRecovery.com. Thank you for joining me for a podcast. Today, I want to discuss something called overgeneralization, and I also want to talk about competitiveness. Do you consider yourself to be a competitive person, or are you someone who feels that you're not competitive? If that's the case, what is your reason, or what are your reasons for not being competitive? So I first want to start out by defining overgeneralization. Overgeneralization in cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is defined as taking isolated cases in your life and using them to make wide generalizations about your life. So an example of this could be if you're trying to do something new and you fail at the task or you don't do as well as you think you should have done, you see yourself as a failure and you see this as fitting sort of a never-ending narrative of your life where you failed at various tasks. Where I'm going with this today is I see everyone in their life as really seeing their life go along a certain theme, a narrative, so to speak. So for the successful person or the person who does reasonably well, they see life as being a relatively successful narrative. So they see themselves being able to start doing tasks and set goals and accomplishing those goals or completing those tasks successfully. But for people who are competitive in a negative way, they make generalizations in their life about their self-esteem and about their self-worth sometimes in comparing themselves to others. So every time they start doing an activity, they always are judging themselves and they are often their worst critic. What's interesting for me, one of the things, especially as we start a new year, if you are someone who sees yourself as not being able to keep your New Year's resolutions or not being able to uh, set goals and actually achieve them. So you're able to set goals perhaps, but you're not able to achieve them. If you see yourself that way and you see that narrative in your life, really making New Year's resolutions or setting goals isn't going to be effective, of course. Now, where I'm going with this is if you follow me on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, you'll see that I'm often discussing, we often don't think about mental health accomplishments. We don't think of setting mental health goals. And I want to bring it into the notion of competitiveness. And you might be thinking, you know, where am I going with competitiveness if I'm talking about New Year's resolutions or setting goals or thinking about this concept of overgeneralization? How does this all come together? The way that this all comes together in my mind and for this podcast is that I think that often we are judging ourselves whenever we get into a situation that might be considered competitive or really any situation where we can compare ourselves to others. And when you think about it, there are many instances where we can often compare ourselves to others. But what's really interesting about competition and competitiveness is that I think that there are people who do it really well, and I think that there are people who do it very poorly. But there are people who are able to be in competitive situations, and they do quite well. Now, when I say do quite well, I don't mean that they actually just do the task well, but, but they're actually very good at handling losses and, they're hand, and handling the fact that, you know, this is a competitive activity and maybe they didn't win, maybe they didn't get third place, whatever, but they're still relatively happy. How is this possible? This is possible when we don't take competitive activities as personally as some might. 
And I'm sure you've seen in any activity or any sporting activity especially, you'll see different personality types come out. And in particular, you will see people who personalize very strongly how poorly they've done. And you often see people get very angry. I thought of an example of a police officer friend of mine who told me he's a member of the SWAT team, that when you're training for the SWAT team, you've got to learn to put your ego aside. He told me a story about a younger police officer who had joined the uh, SWAT team recently and how good of a, a shot this person was. This person didn't have that much training, didn't, didn't have that much experience, was quite younger than uh, my friend. And uh, he said, you know, it's amazing. He's just got this innate ability to be a good shot. And why I'm bringing this up is, if you think about it, and this person even admitted to me, my friend admitted to me, you know, it sort of makes me feel jealous that this person is, is doing so well so early on in his career. But then what was really interesting is when he said, you really have to learn to put your ego aside when you're training for the SWAT team, and you, you push yourself to the limit, and everyone pushes his or herself to the limit every time, but it's really your own limit. You're doing your best. And in order to function, you're part of a team. You're part of a SWAT team that has to work together, has to be aligned. Ego cannot be a part of this in order to be effective. Now, why this is really interesting to me is it talks about what I want to talk about now is localized competitiveness. This is just my phrasing versus generalized competitiveness. And I'll explain what I mean when we go back to overgeneralization for a second. Overgeneralization is when we take situations and we generalize them to our life. So in other words, imagine that we're still talking about the SWAT team and someone doesn't do as well as someone else and they, they see themselves as being inadequate compared to others in the world in life in general. So they don't just see themselves as doing poorly in that task, but they generalize it to their whole life. And that's really where ego comes in and we often start to make these wide generalizations. But there are people that will come into situations like that and, and realize they're, they're not doing as well as perhaps some of the others around them, but they don't take it as personally because they see it as, okay, I'm just not as good at this task, but they don't see it as defining their whole life, their whole ability. They're seeing it as, in a very localized fashion. So think local, think what is the task at hand that I'm trying to do and focus on that and do your best. I'm still saying that, but when you don't do as well compared to others, don't generalize it to yourself as a whole and say, I'm inadequate. The reason I wanted to talk about it was because if you think about a SWAT team, you often don't necessarily think about things like self-esteem, putting your ego aside. You might actually think it would be the opposite. But why I bring this point up is that in order for everyone to function properly, is that you really have to put your ego aside. You can't see it as generally competitive, and this is my phrasing now. You have to be focused on the task at hand and, and to do your best and you really have to put your ego aside. But I think it's very true in any task in life, if you actually put your ego aside, you can actually focus better on the task in the present moment. And I think that applies to any task, not just competitive tasks. But what I'm saying is, there is some element of competitiveness in all tasks. Now, it's really important to recognize what I'm saying here. I'm not saying don't be competitive, but I'm saying try to think of being competitive as very specific to a task, rather than being general about it and being ego-based. So here are some strategies that I would like to share with you in competitive situations, but also in non-competitive situations, or in situations that don't seem as competitive. When you're going to do something, whatever your task is, be surgical, be precise, avoid distractions, 
Think about the process more than outcomes. So don't try to generalize and think about your ego. Think about what is it that I have to do and go in and do it and be done with it. So here's an example. Let's say that one of your goals for the year is to do more exercise, to exercise on a regular basis. Let's say that you set a goal of 30 minutes every day, certain time of the day where you're going to go in and you're going to do some exercises. If you're like many people nowadays, you'll, you'll often use things like earbuds, AirPods, listen to music or watch TV, while perhaps you're on a treadmill or doing other exercises. And so you want to get things just set up so that it's a comfortable experience. Some people get bored if they're exercising at home or in a gym, so they, they like to have you know TVs to focus on, music to listen to, listening to podcasts, whatever. What happens sometimes, it certainly happened to me, is sometimes you start to exercise and you realize, oh, I've forgotten my earbuds. I've forgotten my AirPods. Oh, the TV isn't working today in the gym, so I can't watch TV when I work out. So there could be a lot of excuses that we could come up with that our experience isn't going to be as enjoyable as others. So how does being surgical come in? Being surgical comes in and says, well, what is the activity that I want to accomplish? And just worry about accomplishing that. So in other words, it is possible for you to exercise without music, without the TV, without reading, without listening to podcasts if you have to. So let's say that you go into a day where you don't have your electronic devices, for example, so you go ahead and you exercise anyway. That would be an example of being surgical. But this is just a very kind of almost stupid example, I suppose, for some. But the point I'm trying to drive home here is that when you plan to do something and you set a very precise goal, and by the way, that's what I'm really telling you to do, set precise goals as opposed to general goals. So for example, if you say, I want to exercise more, Obviously, that's a general goal. But even if you say, I want to exercise 30 minutes a day, that's still a pretty general goal. Well, what are you going to be doing for exercising? So if you say, I'm going to do 30 minutes on the treadmill every day, well, now you've got a clear, precise goal. So the next step is actually accomplishing that goal. So how do you do the 30 minutes a day? You you go in and you make sure that you do that 30 minutes. And the reason I talk about avoiding distractions, be precise, be surgical, is that it's often the distractions that can demotivate us. So for instance, annoyances or things that don't go to our liking don't work as well. So the TV isn't working, your electronic device isn't working, you forgot your AirPods, whatever. Go in, just do the exercise and be done with it. Again, another reason why I'm making this point is that often myself and I've seen others who have really good intentions, they want to do things, they're starting to do things and often things come up. There will always be situations that arise that aren't to your liking and they can get you off track So the point is, when you set a goal to do something, make sure you're actually doing the goal and not caught up with distractions and things that you associate with a goal. So be very precise about what your goals are, be very clear about what your goals are, and make sure that you prioritize your goals over the experiences of accomplishing your goals. So all of the experiences with exercising, those are just bonuses, those are things you enjoy, but make sure that you are very clear about your goal. Now, this could be anything. It could be studying. It could be learning a new skill. It could even be a hobby you like, because it's easy to get distracted, again, with extra things that are in addition to the hobby, but they might be associated with the hobby. I'll give you an example. I have a friend who plays golf. My friend is a very good golfer, but often I see him obsessing over the latest equipment, the latest techniques, the latest strategies for improving his swing, improving his golf game. I've said to him, you know, for example, I noticed that you focus a lot of time on equipment, but you're already a good golfer. To me, you should be spending more time on practicing rather than getting the latest and greatest equipment. 
you know, I said to him one time, I said, I think you spend a lot of time looking at the latest equipment or looking at the latest strategies. And I think if you just practiced a bit more, you'd be even better. And at first he said to me, you know, I, I do practice quite a bit and this is just better equipment. You need to stay on top of the game. You need to have the best equipment, blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, you know, your equipment has served you very well. It's working very well. Focus more on your practice and I bet you you'll be better. And um, he actually said, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. What was my point here? My point here was really practicing golf. He already had the equipment he needed to practice golf, but he was getting distracted by the latest and greatest equipment and strategies, which really aren't his goal. His goal is really to be a better golfer. In his case, he was somebody who was practicing, who was trying to improve his game. He was clear with me what his goal was. I knew that was his goal. And he was getting sidetracked on these things aside from the golf game. Now, I'm not saying that he shouldn't care about his equipment and he shouldn't care about the latest strategies. But he really had to prioritize his goals. What is it he was actually trying to do? It really wasn't about getting more teaching. It was actually more practicing of what he already knew to do. And it was just a matter of practicing his game. The next strategy that would be very helpful would be to think more about the process than outcome. So when you're doing something, whatever activity you're engaged in, think more about the process. Enjoy the process more than how you're going to do. And again, I come back to the, to the notion that for many people, the outcome winning or losing, is how they see themselves and how they generalize to themselves. You know, if their team does well, they really feel good about themselves. But if their team does poorly, they feel very poorly about themselves. This could be collective as a team, but it could be individuals who are members of the team start to feel down when they don't do as well. And again, the best way to handle this is to think of the particular game that you've lost or won as being a very specific task. But you don't generalize that to yourself. I mean, just because you lost a game doesn't make you an inadequate person, obviously. But there are people who do tend to think and they overgeneralize from very specific competitions or games or activities to their self-image. So be aware of that. Another concept with any task is to try to do your best, but don't overextend yourself. It is possible to try too much, to try too hard. You're almost trying to force that outcome. So what you really want to do is you want to obviously apply yourself enough and appropriately. So trust your actual ability that you have to do any task and don't force it. Now, if you're working on a task and let's say that you have five things you need to do in a day and you really hit a roadblock with a task and it didn't go too, too well, move on to another task quickly rather than wallowing too much. Because rumination about a particular task will often be carried into the next activity. But by moving on, you can often move into another situation. And again, if you're thinking of that situation not as a general overview or a general narrative about yourself, but again, if you focus on process in the new activity, it can often bring you out of a bad mood. It can often cause you to focus on things that you're good at or the things that you enjoy doing, and it allows you to make progress. And then that task that you were struggling with earlier, if you return to that task, often you'll return with a renewed perspective. Had you just stuck on that task that you weren't doing well at or it just wasn't going well, you would have just made yourself more and more unhappy, you would have demotivated yourself more, and you wouldn't have been able to move on to the next task as easily. So by forcing yourself to move on and come back to a task, you're better off than just trying to stick to a task sometimes. And you obviously have to be the judge of these things and, and make these calls, but by turning your mind to these concepts that I've shared with you today, I think when you approach setting goals and accomplishing them, you can have some strategies for thinking about things much more specifically rather than generally. 
So I think the takeaway message, if I could summarize this whole podcast, would be to think about tasks very specifically. If you think about tasks specifically, if you don't do as well in a certain task, you won't feel as poorly because you haven't made the task out to be such a huge thing. It's only one thing. So this isn't about giving up. This is just about really being very specific, focusing on process, not focusing as much on outcome when you're doing a task. The time to focus on outcome is when you're planning and you're setting your goals and you're being very clear about what it is you want to accomplish. But when you're actually working on those tasks, be very specific in your focus. Try to push your ego aside when you're doing these things more and more. And over time, you'll naturally start to catch yourself. You'll become mindful, in other words, of instances where you're not being as focused on the task and you're focusing more on outcome. So because at the time of recording this podcast, we're in the first month of a new year, I would encourage you to take the principles I've mentioned today and apply them to your mental health. I would encourage you to set very specific goals with regard to your mental health for the year. So be very precise, be surgical, and set several goals so that you can always have options for your mental health. So if something isn't going well, a certain process, you can move on to another process that's for your mental health because you don't want to be bogged down when you're not feeling good about one goal. You can move on to the next goal and then return back to that goal. You then want to set smaller goals within those general areas to be more specific. However, once you start a plan of action and you're working on these goals, always focus on the process and do evaluate yourself as you're progressing in the year with regard to how well you're doing in each of the goal areas you've set or in each of the goals, but always try to compare yourself to yourself rather than others. So for example, if you're concerned that you stress out over things too easily, and you start to work on strategies for keeping calmer through the year, don't judge yourself and compare yourself to others, but compare yourself to yourself earlier. So in other words, have you made progress in this area? Are you handling stress better now than you were at the beginning of the year? But don't compare yourself. Resist the temptation to compare yourself to others and to generalize from that. But be very specific in your goals and judge yourself according to your own progress. And by setting several mental health goals, if you get bogged down in one area where you're trying to work on something and it just isn't working out, then being able to move on to another goal can be very freeing. Because often how it might work is, let's say you're working on one goal and you hit a roadblock, so to speak, but you move on to another goal and that goes well. Well, then with a renewed success, you can then, once you're feeling better, return to the original goal and often new insights will come back to you about how to accomplish that goal that wouldn't have come to you otherwise. So at the end of the day, for mental health, I would say, think of mental health as setting goals, being very specific, and think of yourself as competing with yourself rather than with others to do your best. And rather than thinking about your best as a static best, think about your best as being the ability to focus on process consistently. Whenever, whatever the frequency is that you set for your goals, being able to focus on that process consistently is a good way to think about rather than actually thinking about having to have artificial benchmarks that compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to yourself and stay focused on process and you'll find that this can be very helpful with a range of activities. 
Thank you for listening to the Panic Attack Recovery Podcast. Make sure that you have subscribed to our podcast and please comment and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All show notes and links are accessible from our website. Please visit our site and subscribe to our free newsletter at panicattackrecovery.com. All information has been provided for educational purposes. Please consult a healthcare professional about any disorder or condition and the applicability of any information provided in this podcast.